Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the fourth pick in the NFL draft, the New York Jets select. It's Garrett Wilson. Evan Neal is just different. Intercepted, Kyle Hamilton in the end zone! Rumors are flying about the Jets, who they're loving down in Mobile, Alabama, who's playing left tackle for this team. A lot of fun stuff to get to, you know? Some teams like Bengals fans who are, you know, they were worried about the Senior Bowl two years ago, and now they're in the Super Bowl. A lot of Jets fans hope that this is the path that the New York Jets are on. We now welcome you back to draft season. I realize I like never say the title of the show and I got to start doing that more, but my guys always say the same. I know they're always ready to talk ball. So Dylan senior bowl. What do you know? Two days of practice in, we're seeing all the, seeing all the highlights, you know, all the clips, you know, juice has got to be flowing though. The juices are absolutely flowing. You know, I've been dying for the Jets to get a crack at uh, getting down there and coaching the Senior Bowl. And luckily, the Texans decided to make an idiotic decision. And now the Jets get a prime opportunity to evaluate some prospects firsthand. So I think with Salah having been there with San Francisco a few years ago and firsthand seeing the benefit that this can have and how hands-on Joe Douglas is, I think these guys are going to come away with uh, some prospects that will be very, very high on their board after this week. James, I know you love uh, Riverboat Ron Middleton, head coach of the uh, New York Jets Senior Bowl squad. So, I, honestly, I'm, I just want to see more picks of that guy. So, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm excited for today's episode. James is always excited. I always like, you know, always positive, <laughs> regardless of whatever the situation. Joe, I mean, I feel like I feel like the Senior Bowl's got a lot of talent, a lot of guys you really like. And, honestly, there's just so many guys, it's hard to keep track of. So, I know you definitely have some takes for us tonight. Yeah, I mean, the Seager Bowl is in full effect. And like you said, Meeks, there are a lot of good prospects. I know last week you joked about how you have to pretend to like these guys for a week, but facts are that there are some really, really interesting guys, intriguing prospects. I'm pumped the Jets have this opportunity to kind of hit the ground running on the draft process and, and really, you know, attack that draft because it's probably the most important draft we've had in close to a decade. So hopefully Salah finds himself some nice gems there and Joe Douglas as well. Yeah, no, I feel like um, we've been saying this for like five straight years that this is the most important offseason of the Jets in recent memory, but it actually really feels like this is a real turning point for the Joe Douglas regime, which will be his third draft. 
I saw like a nice graph today about just how ranking teams in terms of offseason capital, whether it comes to cap space for free agency and for draft picks. And the Jets were literally at the top of the chart with those four picks in the top 40. I think they're like sixth in cap space, two picks in the top 10. So really, Joe, it's put, it's put up a shot of time for Joe Douglas. But a lot of really good players at the Senior Bowl, a lot of guys really making a name for themselves. And Dylan, I know you were excited to watch some guys. Who's one guy who's really caught your eye and definitely you want to give a stock up to? So I'm going to talk about Logan Hall, the defensive lineman from Houston. I think this is a guy that the Jets are going to fall in love with this week because I think scouts are starting to fall in love with Hall just from being there. Absurd length, absurd wingspan. This guy is a freak. Uh, 6'5", 278. But for a guy of his size, his burst and explosiveness is really incredible. Um, he catches eyes on his tape. Obviously, you know, Houston not going up against these superbo lines. It doesn't matter. He's mutilating these guys. So he's definitely someone who's caught my eye in just some clips from this week. He's caught my eye as an athlete and on the gridiron. But I think the biggest thing for me is how he would fit in this defense. And I know our own Joe Bellick mentioned, you know, he could be the Eric Armstead type, but I'd even take it a step further. I think he's shown that, you know, although he he could kind of play pretty well offside or outside uh, the guard. I think he could actually do okay in a couple different packages as well. Could possibly work off the edge, could work really just all over the way this team utilizes defensive linemen. So I think his pass rushing ability is strong. His run defense is very good. He's not scheme dependent. And I think that the athlete he is, I think he's going to really catch a lot of attention this week, probably shoot up with a pretty solid combine and his measurables are obviously going to catch a lot of the old heads eyes. So I think that overall Logan Hall is the kind of prospect that I think is going to sneak into probably the top. I'd be comfortable saying probably top three, 35 40 by the time this is all said and done, because I think he's just one of those prospects that a lot of guys are going to like. And I hope the jets like him. Honestly, Joe's been blowing up my phone on the daily about Logan Hall. So I know he's thoroughly excited that you brought him to the table. And I think this has become like, honestly, a yearly tradition at the senior bowl where there's the small school players who, you know, they're either FCS or they're D two who, Every question is competition level, like tape's good, measurable's good, size is good, but like, are they just playing like a men amongst boys? And a guy who really showed that he is the real deal through two days of practice, I think is North Dakota State's wide receiver, Christian Watson, who is the epitome of the height, weight, speed wide receiver that you look for at six, four and a half, two fifteen, have him clocked at a four, four, four coming out of high school. Some people think he can run even better than that now, which is crazy to think about at that size just really really smooth runner like so those big guys you kind of just think like they're a little clunky getting in and out of breaks they don't move that well a thing that I think people don't like bringing up is Denzel Mims who was a really good athlete but when you watch him on tape you didn't see like a guy who ran 439 in the 40 or a guy who had like a low sub six three cone and I think Christian Watson is the exact opposite I think his skills match his testing numbers, and I think he's going to become a real late second-round pick at the weight he's going. Joe, I know the I know I know there's a guy you want to talk about. I know you've been dying to talk about him all day, so please give it to me. Well, you know, Meeks, I watched this wide zone clinic that John Benton put up on YouTube about a year ago when he first got the job, and the one thing that really stood out from that video was that. He loves aggressive and physical tackles, guys who just want to put your face in the dirt 
and just bully you all day long. And there's this one guy who's been at practices today and yesterday who's been doing exactly that. Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. I knew that they were going to fall in love with him just because I'm familiar with Benton's style and what he's looking for from a, an offensive line prospect. And, you know, besides that, I think the thing that really stood out for me today with Penning was when they moved him to right guard. When they did that, and he took a lot of reps at right guard, and they didn't move him to right tackle. They didn't move him to left guard. They were really showcasing him at that position. So that told me that not only do they love him at left tackle, but they love the idea of potentially starting him out at that position. And I think that they are now potentially comparing him to guys like Iquanu and even Neil, who most likely will start out at right guard if they are drafted by the Jets. So I thought that was really telling. And I mean, I do want to go into penning a little bit more just from a prospect, because I feel like even Jets fans are now like super into him. There are some positive, there are some negatives. You know, one negative for him is that he could definitely open up his gate too early sometimes. He, you know, has some issues dropping his anchor and refitting his hands when someone gets into his chest. He needs to work on his pad level. It could get too high at times, which will certainly be an issue for him at guard. And he completely misses targets on the second level, more times than I care to admit. I actually hated how many times I had to note that down. And I mean, I think maybe some Jets fans who are super high on Penning might not like this. I do think he is a good fit for a wide zone, but maybe he's a little bit better for a gap-heavy team because of that. But listen, there is a lot to like about this game. I understand why the Jets like him. He does some advanced level stuff, like a flash technique, which he uses to bait defenders into shooting his hands. He does a nice job of varying his pass sets, depending on the rush angle of the defender. And he could also vary a pass set within a pass set, which I know you guys know that I love to see. Like he'll come out in a, in a 45 degree set and switch to a vertical set. And he does this pretty much to create some unpredictability, but he also does this to maintain proper positioning, which we like to call a half man relationship. And this is the kind of like next level stuff that gets me excited, you know, for an offensive lineman. Definitely thinks to clean up, but this dude's a stud. And again, he has that nastiness and ass kicking mentality that John Benton definitely wants from his offensive tackle. Now, I think he's somebody they are going to target, you know, more likely in a trade down, right? Say they come up with somebody like Kayvon Thibodeau at four and maybe Cross is gone, Iquanu is gone. And they say to themselves, you know, let's see what we can get in the draft. Let's get some extra picks. And maybe Penning is still going to be available for us later in that spot. And if he's not there, you know, maybe somebody else is going to be available like Tyler Lindenbaum, but I'm not going to talk about him today. But overall, I think he's somebody who's a big time riser for the Jets. And uh, there's a lot to like about him. For sure. Small school guy. Hopefully, Meeks, he doesn't turn out to be Vladimir Dukas if the Jets draft him. That's all I got to say. Yeah, Joe, uh, like we had such good vibes and then you had to go out and bring that name up and all, all the PTSD comes back. But James, I know, I know, I know you got some takes. I know you had some Trevor Penning takes that I don't know if you want to air out at the moment, but who are the, who are the guy who's really popped in your eyes? Yeah, so the player that I'm going to talk about is Kobe Bryant, who's the corner from Cincinnati. Many people may know him as Ahmad Gardner's running mate, but it was actually Bryant, who was less highly touted, who won the Jim Thorpe Award for best defensive back in college football. And so anytime you see that kind of dynamic where you have an extremely highly touted player next to somebody else who's less touted but won the best DB in college football award, you kind of have to take notice. And so I really liked what he's done this week. You know, I think he's played extremely well in the one-on-ones, which are an inherently difficult position for the, for the defensive back relative to the receiver, because the receiver can literally run 
anywhere on the football field and can do double moves, triple moves, anything to shake the DB. He did a great job managing those situations and, you know, playing with extreme inside leverage from soft press in order to cut off any type of double moves that the receivers tried to get uh, him to bite on inside. I think his athleticism is okay. I think it's sufficient, but I do think he's very competitive at the catch point. I think he has really good instincts. And I think he's a second round player in my opinion. So Kobe Bryant, a name to know. I mean, I th- honestly, I feel like we're becoming a Kobe Bryant podcast. I like, I talked about him. Joe talked about him. Dylan, I, I'm pretty sure you're a fan if I remember correctly. So I feel like one of the few players who has a unanimous approval rating on draft season, which is good because there's a lot of disagreement on this show. And I love when we can all agree, but now I'm very excited for another edition of Superlatives for this draft. I know Joe Bellick was in the lab coming up with all of these, and I know he's excited to get started. So, Joe, why don't you take it away? All right, so last week we had a lot of fun doing the Superlatives, and I think that we touched on a lot of prospects, maybe guys we wouldn't have normally even touched on. So I think that it was a really good segment, and people actually DM me that they loved it, so we decided to bring it back for another segment here of the Senior Bowl. And we're going to first start in the running back room. And, you know, Tevin Coleman is in signs. And we've had some word even from you, Mike, that maybe we want to bring in somebody who is more of that battering ram. But potentially there's going to be a player they bring in like Tevin Coleman who has a little bit more of that speed element. So we're doing running back fits. I'm going to you, James. Who is your best running back fit out of the Senior Bowl, guys? Yeah, so best running back fit for me is Zaquandre White from South Carolina. And to paint the picture... If Kadarius Tony were bigger and he played running back, this is what it would look like. White is 5'11", he's 212 pounds, and he is really, really, really good in a fit in this type of offense where it's outside zone. His change of direction is really impressive. He is pretty physical. And I think, honestly, like he's such a cool player to watch. And I could see in the fifth or sixth rounds that kind of being a sweet spot for him and a lot of these wide zone teams. So for me, this is a guy who we should really be paying attention to on day three. You know, I actually have not watched White at all. So I'm definitely gonna have to check him out, especially if he got the James Coon seal of approval. But Dylan, I know you've been dying to present somebody here. Who, who are you talking about? So I have been very, very big on the Tyler Algier bandwagon pretty much since Michael Megan brought him to the table a couple months ago. So obviously he would be my ideal fit, my guy I'd go with here, but in the interest of senior superlatives and senior guys, I'm actually going to go with a high profile name here. And I'm going to go with an element that could kind of complement Michael Carter. Well, that although it's not necessarily typical for this style of offense and probably isn't something I think you guys would exactly sign on for, I'd go Brian Robinson jr. From Bama. I think he's going to be more of a power back element. He gets the second level well. And although he wouldn't necessarily be that ideal, I think, outside zone back that I think you picture with an Algier or with some of these other backs, I think that kind of, you know, hits you in the mouth and ground and pound style is something I think John Benton would sign on for. And I think that he could pretty much convince Michael Four onto that as well, because there isn't just that ground and pound of Robinson's game. There are other layers to it. But yeah, I'll go with a high profile name here and go with him. You know, I like Brian Robinson. Like you said, I don't know if I love him in an outside zone. I think he probably should be better or is a better fit for more of a gap heavy team, but definitely an intriguing prospect. He'll definitely hit you in your mouth. Probably better of a a short yardage kind of guy at the next level. But I do like what you said about him, Dylan. I think that he probably appreciated. I am curious to hear what Meeks has to say. I think we both share a love of running backs in the NFL and I'm definitely an Algier guy myself. So Meeks, what do you have for me? 
I mean, I'm just I'm just glad that you guys brought up Algier, so I didn't feel bad doing it because obviously that's the guy who I want to always want to talk about. And there's a couple guys at the Senior Bowl that I was very excited to watch. Unfortunately, James Cook pulled out a guy I really liked, who's the brother of Dalvin, who I think shows a really nice versatile skill set. But the guy I want to talk to about really is I want to talk to Dan Mullen about why he wasn't playing Damian Pierce more at Florida because that dude can play. That guy, honestly, I think he's a. I think he's getting a lot of hype at the Senior Bowl. He's starting to make more plays. I know we've seen a lot of Jets fans really start. To, Jets fans always fall in love with those Florida prospects for some reason, even no matter how many times they miss on them. But I think Damian Pierce is a running back who doesn't have a lot of tread on those tires, and I think in the fourth round, I think could be a nice little player to compliment Michael Carter. Yeah, I think Pierce has got some really good pass protection. I think the Jets are going to love that. And he's a bit of a bruiser, man. I, I love what I've seen from him thus far as well. I'm going to go into two guys. And, you know, I know we've talked, me and you, Mike, especially about, you know, bringing in those battering rams potentially to complement Michael Carter, that kind of thunder to his lightning. But I feel like Carter has a little bit of that thunder himself. So I feel like this Jets team is looking for more of that speed element. Somebody who could be more of that's having Coleman. And there's one guy that I really liked, Rashad White. Good receiving back, perfect fit in a wide zone. He's at his best running outside the tackles. He also clocked one of the fastest times at the Senior Bowl. And I think it's a day three pick that could potentially have an immediate impact. I think he's one of the more underappreciated running backs in the draft. Well, until now, I think his stock will definitely be rising after the Senior Bowl. I think he's going to have a really good game. Now, he does run a little upright and is more finesse than powerful. I, I definitely want to see him assert himself in the run game and be more physical. But I think this guy has massive potential. And again, a really good fit in the run scheme. The other guy I really wanted to bring to the table because I'm really just a big fan of this particular player. And I feel like he has feature back capabilities. And that's Jerome Ford from Cincinnati. 5'10", 210 pounds. I mean, talk about speed. This guy's got that home run ability. He's an underrated blocker, an underrated receiver. He can run between the tackles or outside. Good vision, knows how to set up his blocks and press the line. And I do want to talk about press the line because I feel like we mentioned that a lot. I don't know if all the listeners know what that means. Pressing the line of scrimmage means you're pretty much running in a certain direction and you're trying to bring the defenders into your blocks and then you work off of those blocks. And he's really good at setting up those blocks and taking it to the next level. Really underrated guy who I feel like is another player who's going to potentially dominate game time on the senior bowl. So We're going to move on to our next superlative, and we've talked a lot about this. Some people are higher on Quincy Williams than we are. I think we all can agree that we would love for them to bring in some competition for Quincy. I mean, this guy has shown some promise, and there's been some word out of Jets camp that they feel like he's a pro bowler. I feel like they're hyping him up a little bit too much. I don't exactly see that, but I do want to see where his career goes. But without a doubt, we need somebody who's going to challenge Quincy Williams for that spot. So we're looking for Mosley's running mate. I'm going to go to you first, Dylan. Who's your guy? I'm going to go small school here. I'm going to go with my guy, Troy Anderson. I think he's going to be a guy that they're going to get to see firsthand this week. And he was really productive in school. uh, Very good tackler. Really, really good in coverage. Can pretty much line up at all three linebacker spots and play pretty well there. His pursuit is really good. Wouldn't necessarily love him at strong side, but I think at weak side, he would do very well. And honestly, he could even play the mic if need be. So I like his versatility. I like his coverage skills. They even utilized him in the slot a little bit, which he's just one of those like linebacker safety hybrids that it seems like the NFL is moving more and more towards. So I think he's definitely going to be someone on my radar. And yeah, I really like him. And I think the guys are going to fall in love with him down there in mobile this week. 
Yeah, I love that pick. I mean, this guy, Troy, played quarterback, running back, linebacker. He is a man of many talents. And I feel like he's just a really great, just a straight-up football player. I, I feel like the Jets are definitely going to like what they see from him. I, I couldn't agree more. Meigs, I know you love linebackers. I think you're bringing a beast to the table, so give it to me. I mean, like, I like a lot of this group. I was – obviously, Devin Lloyd was a bummer. I mean, I think I think a couple of Jets fans, I think, Joe, you're one of them, who are happy Devin Lloyd isn't there, so the Jets wouldn't fall in love with him and take him at, like, 10 overall. But uh, I mean, I know I know you're gonna bring to a table uh, to the table a guy I love. But I was really impressed when I watched Darian Beavers out of Cincinnati. That Cincinnati team just has a lot more talent than I think people realize for a G5 school. And the thing for me that really popped up was his versatility. You see him like in the three four that Cincinnati plays. He's playing outside. I think he'd be great as the middle linebacker in like a nice four three defense. I don't think he's a three down player right away, but that man can diagnose a run fit. That man can run. That man can hit. Darian Beavers, if he gets his hands on you, it's over. And you're gonna feel it when he when he gets up because man, that guy's tough. Quincy Williams just he's a little bit of a heat seeking missile. I think Darian Beavers has that aggression, has that power, but he's his mental game is just way ahead of a guy like Quincy Williams. And for guys for, for play to play first and second down, I'd much rather have a guy like Darian Beavers and Quincy Williams on the field at the moment. Yeah. I see Beavers as more of a potential or future replacement for somebody like Mosley than a running mate, but he is this kind of high processor who I feel like could coexist, you know, with Mosley on the field at the same time, who could potentially be a good counterpart. So I like that. He is definitely just this kind of knock you in your mouth, downhill guy, take on blocks. And he could actually go out and maybe blow up a screen or two as well. So he definitely has that. But it's more about his, his intelligence than his actual athletic ability and his lateral movement. So, James, it looks like you're chomping at the bit here to present the guy. Who are you feeling? No? <laughs> yeah, so the guy I'm going to present is uh, App State linebacker DeMarco Jackson, who's gotten a little bit of buzz this week. Um, he's a retro senior. He actually was a prolific high school running back. He had 3000 rushing yards in the senior season. And, um, you know, he's a really physical player, very instinctual. And I think in terms of a fit, the thing that I like is that he's kind of in the Jamie and Sherwood mold of somebody who is more tough than athletic. Um, he also does have 600 career special team snaps. So I, I think it's kind of a guy worth, you know, knowing in the back of your head. So that's two players you brought to the table today, James, that I have yet to watch. So he's given the James Coon seal of approval. So I'm just going to go ahead and believe that he's a good fit. I have actually, I got two guys that I kind of wanted to bring. First was Chad Muma. I know we all love Chad Muma. The thing that I like about Chad Muma is that I feel like he's a nice blend of this like thumper and run and chase. You know, he could cover, especially in zone. He could get downhill. He could fill gaps. He could blitz. He could blow up a screen. He's, he's the kind of prospect that can actually take over for somebody like Mosley one day. But I think he could also be his running mate. And when you look at Salah and the kind of linebackers that he plays, and this is mostly a 4-2-5, but that second linebacker is usually like more of a strong side linebacker, more like a Sam than a weak side linebacker. Most people actually do kind of put this kind of run and chase guy out for, there in those situations. But Salah loves this blend. Somebody who could kind of be a little interchangeable between those two spots. Somebody who could actually go downhill, take on blocks, fill gaps, but also go, like I said, blow somebody up on the boundary. And I think Chad Muma is absolutely perfect for that. Now, there's another guy who I feel like is just the ideal running mate right now for C.J. Mosley, but isn't somebody who could eventually take over for him. I feel like this would be almost like his permanent role, and that's Chatting Tindell. 
Like this guy is one of the most explosive players in the draft. I've seen him go from like the backside C gap all the way to the play side boundary and absolutely destroy a running back in the backfield. And that's exactly what you're looking for from this guy who's going to be the counterpart or the running mate to CJ Mosley. Now he is more of this explosive player than this high processor. I think we could all agree on that. Even saw Kobe Dean pretty much yell at him during the natty because he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. But I feel like Sal is the kind of guy who get the most out of him, teach him. And if you get this guy to the point where he is actually seeing the field like very well, he could be a superstar. And I don't think that's hyperbolic. Like he is just missing something upstairs clicking for him. And if it actually does click, like people better watch out. He's a, a super dynamic player. And the biggest difference, I think, between him and Chad Muma, besides Muma being able to eventually be that kind of middle linebacker, is that when Muma gets downhill sometimes, he doesn't shed blocks exactly the way I want him to. He needs to build a little strength. Chatting Tyndall comes down like a heat-seeking missile and absolutely blows people up. I mean, he's got that speed and that explosion that I think the Jets are really going to covet. And I could see him certainly being Mosley's running mate and taking Quincy's job, which I know means is exactly what you want. But moving on to the next one, we're going to talk about edge guys right here. And I'm calling this high octane edge fits. Now, you guys can give me one of three players, a pass rushing specialist, a compliment to Carl Lawson on the strong side, or somebody who could potentially come in and steal Carl Lawson's job. We know he's got that injury. We don't know how much he's recovered from it. I'm hoping he's doing well, considering how well Cam Akers is playing. But uh, first, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with you, Meeks. Who's your high octane edge fit? Um, honestly, I just, I just basically have just been trying to figure out basically preparing for this podcast. I watched this guy's film and I was, the hardest thing was just learning how to pronounce his name at this point, but, uh, I have to go to the land of athletes. The, I, I don't know what their strength and coach does to these guys, but, uh, Arnold, uh, Dylan, tell me if I'm saying this right. Ebiketti. Yeah. Ebiketti. Just honestly, in a, in a, in a group that doesn't have a lot of bend, uh, I think he's one of the more bendy guys in this class, a guy who can really dip a shoulder and can really get after the passer. As a run defender at the moment, I don't think he's exactly up to snuff, and I think the way you get the most out of him year one is being that situational pass rusher, so that's the group I would classify him as. But his first step isn't amazing. I wouldn't say he's very explosive, but everything he does after that I think is very high level. I think his hand usage is great. I think he's got a nice variety of moves. I think he can win with speed and he can win with power. And this is a guy who, you know, like everyone says David Ojabo, like wouldn't be surprised if he's the best pass rusher in this class. And to me, I think Epichetti fits that to a T. And I think he even has a higher ceiling than Ojabo. You know, it's kind of funny. I have a little bit of a love-hate relationship with Ebiketti. I first started watching him last year and I thought he was atrocious. I mean, absolutely disgusting. This guy's get-off was just like, and I think I mentioned it last week, was just disturbing. I was like, there were like 300 plus pound defensive linemen who were getting off the line quicker than him. And it was like slow motion. And I was like, this guy sucks. But I started watching him a little bit this year and like, dude, he's a little bit more explosive. And, I, and I'm seeing what you're seeing, Meigs. I think that he's a really intriguing prospect. I think he's, he's rising up draft boards. I know he's rising up mine. I was going to go to James, but since we were talking to Penn State player, I'm going to go to Dylan. Who, who you feel? What do you feel, Dylan? Well, I love AR, and you know they call him AR because he's shot out of a cannon constantly, and he was a great, great uh, transfer get for the Nittany Lions this year. But I'm going to go to the SEC. I'm going to go to South Carolina, and I'm going to go Kingsley Ignogbear. 
Um, listen, I mean, this guy's a freak athlete. We've talked about on this podcast time and time again. And I know I overuse that freak term sometimes, but this is a guy who I really do believe is that. Um, he's one of those guys that kind of like a Lawson isn't necessarily going to be, you know, your monster sack producer, 10 and a half sacks in two seasons in the last two years, but he had four forced fumbles. He's a disruptor. He had some of the most pressures in all of the SEC. And he's a guy who I think just could make some noise and kind of not take Lawson's job, but I think he'd be the kind of compliment to Lawson that they would kind of look to because he's another guy who can make noise and really just disrupt the passer and make like easy for a secondary that I can't necessarily see this team looking to invest in as heavily as some may want them to. Yeah, I completely agree, Dylan. I feel like he's more of that pass rushing specialist, but somebody who could potentially also challenge Carl. I think he needs to become a little bit of a better run defender. And I mean, once he gets to that point, I think he could certainly be weak side edge in a solid defense. Now going to to you, James, are you going to give me another player that I've never heard of, or you're going to give me somebody I'm familiar with? What's going on here? I think you're familiar with him. I mean, I also want to say that I think we all agree that Jermaine Johnson has been the best edge at the senior bowl, but we're looking for a little bit more outside of the box solutions, given that where we're picking is probably not going to be an option. Um, The player that I want to talk about is Boye Mafe, who is the edge rusher from Minnesota. So he's an interesting player. He's pretty athletic and he has a, first of all, a massive wingspan. I think it's 81 and a half inches, which is as big as many tackles. Um, and I can see him starting off as a rotational player and over time growing into a starting role. The athleticism is there. He, he's kind of like, he, he's not quite there in any one aspect of the game, athleticism, hand usage, um, just, you know, pass rushing run defending, but he's kind of like far enough in each of those areas that you're optimistic about what he could be if he's given time to develop. So he's a player who I'm interested in, I would say in mid third, late third. Yeah. He absolutely worked for Nard Raymond today uh, on a one-on-ones and he's definitely a guy who's rising up my draft boards as well. I know he's a a favorite of one of our draft season listeners. Second shout out to Joe Horning. It's twice in a two pod span. So Joe, this one's for you again, but yeah, I absolutely, I like him too, man. I, I kind of compared him. I think he compares favorably to, Carl Lawson, you know, when I see him, I see a lot of Carl's game when he's out there at the edge, threatening the corner. Now, I feel like he needs to work on some counter moves, but if he could put that all together, he's a really intriguing prospect who could be a really good rotational player on this team for sure. I completely agree. I'm going to go to somebody who's more of a compliment to Carl Lawson, assuming that he's healthy. And I'm just going to talk briefly about the guy Dylan brought up today. That's Logan Hall. I'm a huge fan of Logan Hall. I think he's that kind of prototypical Strong side edge in a solid defense. He's going to probably play in that 280 plus pound range. He's at about 278 right now. Great hands, good pass rusher, great against the run. It allows you to take somebody like Jonathan Franklin Myers and maybe kick him inside permanently. Cause I feel like maybe, maybe JFM is better as a three technique. I think uh, Dan Essien came on and kind of uh, intimated that when he was on the pod with us. So I think that's pretty cool. Another guy, and I'm not going to get into specifics, but I think Josh Pascal from Kentucky is another pretty intriguing prospect who could be a good compliment to Carl Lawson as well. So moving on, we've had some, you know, exciting day at, at the Senior Bowl. I mean, we've had, you know, Will Parkinson tweeting some cool stuff out, Connor Rogers tweeting some cool stuff out about a particular player that, you know, me and Meigs really like. And there have been these guys who, what we call scene stealers, the guys who are making the most noise at practice. So I'm going to go first to you, James. Who's your scene stealer? 
my scene stealer is Cole Strange, who is a guard from University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Um, so he's a six-year senior. Um, he's a good player. So Brandon Thorne, who is really an authority on offensive line play, he has him as a projected third-round pick, uh, a high-level backup, and a potential starter eventually. And he actually compared him to Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, who Jets fans are familiar with. Now, at the Senior Bowl, Cole really did a great job. Um, I mean, he's fared incredibly well, even against tough matchups, like against Travis Jones from UConn, who's a defensive tackle. Um, I could see Strange being a good fit for us if the Jets re-sign Tardif and want somebody who can, A, add competition, and B, eventually look into look to step into a starting role. Um, it, it was also interesting. I just you know read into Strange. He, uh, off the field, he's been academic, like, all conference, like, for basically his entire time there, basically as like a 4.0 GPA. And I was checking his Twitter. He's like liking all of this jet stuff from like jets bloggers, like in a really weird way. So I'm like, I know he's from Tennessee, but is he like a jets fan or something? So I don't have a definitive answer on that, but I do know that he's a good player and he stole the, the scene for me. Yeah. You know what? I was actually going to bring Cole strange up as well, although I have another player that I'm going to present, but yeah, man, he was handling center duties today really well. He's a good athlete. Nice fit for an outside zone. He does a really good job of getting to the outside shoulder and reach blocks. And he plays long and tight in pass bro. And that's exactly what I'm looking for. Too many of these guys are just putting their helmet into a play, but he knows how to put his arms out there, keep his helmet out of it, and, and does a really good job of protecting the quarterback. It is a really good short set anchor, which is what you want from a center. And he's played mostly guard, obviously, in college, but he played a lot of, like I mentioned, uh, played a lot at center today. And I, I could see him being that in the NFL and potentially the Jets drafting him, grooming him. And you know, who knows, maybe taking over from McGovern one day. Like you said, he's a cerebral player. He's incredibly intelligent. And that's exactly what you want from the center position. So, you know what, Dylan, I'm curious, who is your scene stealer today at the senior ball? Who's tickling your fancy? So I do want to mention Cole Strange, but for the opposite reason, forgot to mention him earlier when we were on Logan Hall. And it was something Samini tweeted out that I got to shout him out. And then I saw a couple other accounts tweeted out, but Strange got kind of fired up, really like getting into it. And he has had a fantastic first two days. And I really am a fan of him. And I hope the Jets um, look at him possibly in the third round. But when he called out Logan Hall, I don't know if you guys saw Samini's tweet and like was calling out the other team. Wow, let's go. Let's run it. Let's run it. And Logan Hall ran right through him. So I think there is still going to be that learning curve of the small school guy getting beaten down by a guy like Hall, who is still small school from Houston. But, you know, I, I wanted to mention that because that was something I forgot to bring up with Hall before. And Hall's been a guy seen Steeler. I know a guy you love, Joe Zion Johnson, so I won't steal his thunder. But I'm going to go to the defensive backs because we haven't given them a lot of love today. A guy I've written about a little bit and also mentioned, I think, on the pod before, but UTSA corner Tariq Woolen. Uh, really jammed the line today well, hyped up the American team. They were getting really excited. He's done a great job. And for a guy who literally just converted from receiver to corner within the last, I think, year and a half because of COVID, uh, ended up just really impressing me this season on the team that UTSA had a great run. So he's a guy I wanted to mention because I think he's going to get a lot more attention this week. Runs a 4-3-40. Thanks, James, for that stat there. He's just an absolute dog. And, you know, as uh, Jamal Adams said, you can't have too many dogs in the secondary. And since we shipped him out, let's get a real dog in the secondary. 
Yeah, I think he's one of these players that are definitely going to rise. I see him as a late day two pick. He's this really long corner that's been super impressive. So I like that pick there, Dylan. I, I agree with that. Meigs, I haven't talked to you in a little bit. What's going on? I'm, I'm good, Joe. I'm, I'm just excited to talk about your favorite group and another offensive lineman. And the guy who's really stolen the show for me besides Zion is Dylan Parm of Memphis, who's got guard, center, versatility. I know a lot of people had size questions about him, the guy who really thought they only played like a 285, weighed in at 313 this week, light on his feet, got some really nice plays in the run game. I think he's a really athletic guy. I think he's perfect for this scheme. I would love to see him I think John Ben would fall in love with that guy. And honestly, I can't wait to see more of that guy because Memphis is starting to produce some really, really good uh, college prospects. I agree, Meeks. I think I've talked about him in the Slack a couple of times. He's a really good athlete. He's got good, nice, tight hands and a really nice fit for this kind of wide zone. And I feel like he's one of those players that still need a little grooming, a little bit more developing. But I think, again, he's one of these people who could play guard or even slip into center. So definitely an intriguing prospect. I'm going to talk about one player real quick. Honorable mention to Jalen Petrie, who both Connor Rogers and Will Parkinson said we're crushing it in one-on-ones. And he's one of my favorite players in the draft An absolutely versatile safety who I knew the Jets were going to love coming into the senior ball. So I'm pretty stoked about that. But there's this one player, man, Perion Winfrey, this three technique from Oklahoma. This guy is just a super passionate player. I mean, I, I felt his energy through the television. I mean, he was just bringing it like on every single rep, pumping people up, just feeling it. And I was like, dude, who is this guy? I was ready to honestly trade away Quinton Williams for a, a pick and, and draft this guy that's off of the second round. I know people are going to hate me saying that, but I mean, I feel like he's really the kind of player that is who Joe Douglas is looking for. A passionate guy who wants to get after it. I don't know if there's anybody in all the senior bowl who was acting like him who had as much passion as him, who was like just ready for every single rep. And you saw him trying to like light a fire under other people's asses too, because he clearly loves football. And that's what I like about this whole process for the Jets. It's like, not only do you get to see who is a good football player, but you get to see who is a good person and how passionate they are about football. And Perry and Winfrey is definitely that guy. Now I have a quote here because I think it sums up Winfrey really well from uh, Thor Nystrom on Twitter today. He said, and I wrote it down over here. He said, Winfrey is an animal and tone setter inside, a pocket-pushing nuclear reactor of energy. Offense couldn't keep him out of the backfield without doubling. He was running over singles like a semi-over road cones. I'm beginning to fall in love. And I'm right there with Thor, you know, the god of thunder, (laughs) because this dude brought it just like he would. And yeah, really big fan of that guy. I hope people aren't upset that I said that we might trade Q. You know, I would trade Q if I drafted this guy, but you know. I'm joking, jokes aside. So, I mean, those were our first four superlatives. I think that we got through some pretty good prospects and we're going to go through a fifth one. We kind of like were debating what we were going to do here. I didn't really love this selection. You guys kind of overruled me. So give me the quarterback that you're just thrilled that you don't have to talk yourself into at the senior ball. Oh, oh, let me go first, Joe. Let me go first. Oh, at the senior ball. Because the guy, the guy I don't want to talk myself into is Wait, hold on a second, smaller Zach just- Wilson. Hold on a second. You just want to just do in general? Yeah. Well, I mean, basically every quarterback who means anything is at the senior bowl plus one. So I feel like it's okay talking about this yeah, guy. Sure. I'm so happy. I don't have to talk myself into smaller, less talented Zach Wilson. And that name is Matt Corral. Um, honestly, I've gotten to the point where I'm over the small quarterbacks. Just, I feel like you're at such a disadvantage if you can't see over your line and you can't throw the anticipation over the middle of the field. And we just keep see, like, honestly, and I just think Matt Corral is going to struggle with that. 
Also, I'm waiting for him. The next time he makes an actual full field read will be the first time. So thank God the Jets don't have to worry about a guy like that. Also, just wanted to shout out with Joe's point about that that entire Oklahoma D-line was fun to watch. And I know we're going to be talking about Nick Benino a lot on this podcast, so I'm very excited for that. Oh, I love Benito. Uh, Matt Corral, yeah, I was about to tweet that he was the poor man Zach Wilson, and then Daniel Jeremiah just happened to do it like, I don't know, yeah. five minutes before I was going to. Like, a That's not of- much of a compliment. It's No, it's not much of a compliment. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not diving deep on these quarterbacks at all. As much as I wasn't high on Zach during the pre-draft process, he's our quarterback. That's the guy I'm sticking with for now. So you're not going to see a lot of um, deep evaluations from me when it comes to those guys. But James, who, who are you glad you don't have to talk yourself into? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I haven't really watched the quarterbacks. I mean, honestly, I think Bailey Zappi is kind of trash. Not going <laughs> to lie. Um, you know, for those who don't know, he's the guy from Western Kentucky who broke all Joe Burrow's records for passing in a single season. I just don't think he's very good. He's like Joe, if you take Joe Burrow's new alarm and then you like multi, like then you just take 30% of that. And like, that's how strong his arm is. So I, I, I don't really see it there. So that's my thoughts. All right, Dylan, give it to me. What's going on? All right, so this is going to make uh, James jump out of his chair because he didn't seem too happy when I suggested his name before, but I'm not on the Carson Strong bandwagon like everybody else. I think uh, Matt McGloin Jr. is going to be a fine XFL quarterback in a couple years, but just because Romeo and Cole Turner bailed him out for a couple years and his lack of pocket presence got um, kind of I just pr- protected. He's not better than Zach Sam Darnold, James. I mean, at least Sam Darnold has survived a couple years in the league. This guy's going to be out in three. So, yeah, not a big Carson Strong guy. He has no awareness in the pocket whatsoever. I think he definitely is a talented quarterback. I'm not going to sit here and say his mechanics aren't good and that he won't make it as a good backup. But, yeah, I just think that the people who are in the camp that he could be like a franchise quarterback, I'm not going to be on that camp. He He's not. He's, he's a backup he, at best. He can't move. He's still – he's stiff. He's stiffer than Big Ben right now, and Big Ben looked like he needed to be a put down this season. So, I will say I am a Carson Strong supporter. Um, I agree that his movement skills aren't the best, um, but I don't think you're looking at him as an immediate starter, so it's not really like – I don't know. It's not really like a, a big deal for me. I would say I think you can look at some of the throws he made – um, a season ago, I haven't watched him this season, but a season ago, like you can th- probably pick five throws that he made that are like would be the top five best throws in terms of like accuracy and anticipation when you compare it to Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Trey Lance every single game they've ever played. So I'm just saying, like, I think there's some real like vision plus accuracy ability with him. And you know, I could see him having a long career in the NFL. I think that was a really nice breakdown, James. I have to admit. Um, at the same time, I don't care about any of these quarterbacks. What I do hope is that some of these teams who are picking after the Jets do talk themselves into one of these guys so they can move up to 10 and just give us a whole bunch of draft picks. Like, that's what I'm looking for. But that kind of ends our segment on the superlatives. I'm going to throw it back to our guy, Michael Megan, to end it for us. So what's going on, Mike? How are we ending this bad boy? I mean, I think this was another great episode. The Senior Bowl wraps up with practice tomorrow, the game's on Saturday. So if you guys – I know we didn't get to talk about them today, but Jeremy Rucker and Trey McBride are as advertised. Jake Ferguson, me and Dylan's guy, is performing well. 
Honestly, um, it's malpractice if the Jets don't come away with one of these tight ends. It's a position that needs investing. It's a position that needs multiple players. And the Senior Bowl is giving you perfect examples of the guys that you should go get. The Jets have a nice upfront look at them, and there's no excuses. So make sure you're sub to the pod. Make sure you're sub to Badlands. And, you know, I'm getting after the Senior Bowl. We get to, you know, talk about the combine when John Dotson's going to run like four five one. So, you know, excited about that. See you guys next week.